0: This is Paul Moody and you're listening to Fulham Focus Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Captain J-Mac here as I host from my private yacht in the Caribbean with a bottle of Kraken rum to my left and a lobster brioche bun to my right. As we say a very sad farewell to one of our greatest managers, Slavisa, thank you, we look on to a new dawn. The Ranieri essence has begun, but what will it bring? What can we expect? We know he wants us to defend like pirates, and will provide McDonald's for clean sheets, but what finer details can we expect from the man who made miracles happen for Leicester City? I have Matt Dom and Matt Reespawn with me, two perfect buccaneers for this type of analysis. But first, thanks a bunch to Paul Moody for opening the show. Paul made 40 appearances for the Whites, scoring 19 goals. Despite being injured for most of the 98-99 promotion under Keegan, he returned for the last game of the season in style, becoming the only player in Fulham's history to score a hat-trick as a sub a hat-trick which sealed a century of points for the club. Paul Moody, we salute you. Matt Dom and Matt Respawn are with me. Let's tuck in. Gar. Fulham. And welcome back. You know what? Well, ranieri shouldn't have said the Pirates thing. I get far too excited about stuff like that. And, you know, your shit, R is going to be very interesting on Saturday. Anyway, the ranieri Right, gents, we had a lovely send-off for Slavica in our emergency pod and didn't want to get too into Ranieri stuff out of respect to the big men. So first things first, Matt, dilly-ding, dilly-dom, how are you? And what did you make of this appointment, sir?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. Good to be here. Well, I mean, after the initial kind of surprise of I didn't realise Slav had gone, it was kind of, it, we, we've we got a chance of staying up now, I think. Uh, I'd sort of lost hope as much as I'm a Slav fan. It kind of felt like, well, we're going down now, so should we just stick with him and let him bring us back up? The board disagreed and if more than anything we need to stop conceding goals and I think Claudio is the best of uh, of the, the contenders so uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about our chances now
1: yeah yeah me too mate and and Rhys so it's finally happened mate but we spoke privately and you said it's not in the way that you hoped or expected I remember you saying so what, what are your thoughts on this appointment sir
0: um, well, first off, I'd like to take issue with you not having a bottle of Captain Morgan rum by your side. I know
1: I, I missed—I missed a good pun there as well. But, exactly.
0: but anyway, you know it's still. Uh, what What are we? We're sort of a week on from the from the sacking at or well, sacking, mm-hmm. but the replacement more than anything else. And I, it's, it's 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 the the initial shock of it has sort of gone has sort of gone away. It's now taking time to. Okay, that, that bit's over. Now let's work out, you know, what's what's going forward. Let's ignore what the past is. Let's see what the let's see what the future holds. And that's more or less what this podcast is going to be about. So sort of start of a new era, start of a new dawn. Let's see exactly how things uh, shape start to shape up.
1: Excellent. 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 And um, so I mean let's just talk about Ranieri's history with formations. Uh, Mr. Dum, what would you say is the preferred style that he likes to go for because of course with Leicester it was 442 and it was fantastic and very effective but i'm hearing rumours of 4231 as well that he's very very good at what 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 are your thoughts mate
2: well i mean the 442 at Leicester and i think he played that formation at, at Nantes as well mm. um so it's kind of his go to if you like but um i think he'll go with what suits the team and as far as i'm concerned 442 doesn't suit the players that we've got but if we stick to our 4231 that we play uh, I think he might be able to get something out of them uh, so even though you know historically he has played the 442 quite a lot and been successful with it I think there's enough in our current players uh, to play with the, the two defensive midfielders and get a similar um effect from that he had at Leicester. Uh, I, I think the problem with at lester we had Jamie Vardy running around like a madman up front we don't yeah. really have that kind of player. Uh, we've got Mitrovic. We need to kind of play to his strengths, which I think is two players wired up close to him. All right. Very good. Very good. And, Mr. Reece, so
1: Mr. Dom was saying four doesn't suit us. And, I mean, we do actually lack sort of natural wide men. Our wide men actually are sort of inverted. So we have, you know, Sessegnong and, and Sherla like to cut in. We don't really have that sort of... Basically, what I'm asking you is we don't have the actual capacity for a 442 do we
0: no we don't and i think what we're going to see more of is and and this is a, what i wrote about in what i wrote about in my article which everyone can go back and go back and look at i think you talk about wide men and sort being inverted i think the key thing to this is we're going to try and recreate or we're going to have mm. to try and recreate what Riyad Mahrez was doing because he was the main creator of that side he was the main you know everything sort of went through him and if you look at how he played he was a left footer um that's a cross between a number 10 and a right winger now when you think about that i think and this has sort of been the uh, it's uh, had a bit of a bit of controversy in the full and focus uh, team chat uh, whatsapp group um i mm-hmm. think Tom Kenny's going to play on the right wing personally because that's why i think we're going to try and recreate that's the, that's, the, that's the key focal point. You can go back to the, the defence. I think it's going to be Mawson and Chambers back there, two physical centre-backs, so because we're basically going to try and recreate as best the Leicester team, not the four four two title-winning team, but that four two three one team that had somewhat success, but because the Champions League had other minds elsewhere, struggled in the Premier League, but eventually got around under, I forget, it was Craig Shakespeare at the end who uh, sort of yeah. finished the job off. So if you look at the uh, midfield two of that 4-2-3-1, it's going to be McDonald and Siri. Siri's going to be playing the sort of N'Golo Kante role, the sort of running around everywhere, because I think he's got the energy to do it. And then Kevin McDonald's all playing the Danny Drinkwater role, which is a central midfielder, but with the ability and the freedom to go forward, you know, when he sees fit. But, you know, I was having this discussion with Danny, um, our boss, and he said, you know, why would you not have Angisa there? And I said, A, Angisa probably um, offers us, uh, no, sorry, McDonald offers us more defensive uh, strength and also is the better uh, leader. And I think we're going to touch on this soon, but I'll touch on it now. I think McDonald's mm. going to get the captain's armband, personally.
1: Very good. Very good. And that would be very interesting to see. What do you think on that, Don, mate? Do you think that uh, can, like Kenny's days are numbered as captain and it's going to pass on to McDonald?
2: Uh, I don't think he's going to change. Captain midway through a season, um, okay. it's it's a it's a risky one because we we already know there's a bit of a divide. Slav so kind of struggled to to bridge the new players and the old players. He wanted to keep his faith in the old team, and the new guys were sort of came in, and the old the old players got a bit you know upset that they're being replaced. So whatever happened, Ranieri's job is to unite this team, and I don't think he's going to do that by changing the captain midway through the season. In the uh, long term, I. I think, as well Mawson is sort of ready made to be captain. Um, hmm. I think we need to stay up otherwise we're going we're going to lose him at the end of the season. Um, Mawson's going going make a comeback uh, under Ranieri. I think he's he's just his type of defender and I, I was kind of thinking as well I might, might throw this this one back at you quite a lot of the time when new managers come in they they make a statement in terms of whether they, you know they drop a player or uh, you know someone who's seen as a regular in that team um I think it might be a doy Uh, and I think even Tom kenny has got a chance of being being dropped from the team because I don't know where he fits in with this style um yeah he might maybe he plays behind Mitrovic but he's not quite he's not quick mobile enough to play that role I think alongside Mitrovic and we need someone who who runs maybe that's Vieto but um I think Kenny might be in a bit of trouble. Uh, he he was we we've been looking at him. So when he comes back, when he's when he's fit, he's going to change us. And he you know we 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 look a lot better when he's in the team. But he could be in a bit of trouble because I'm not sure. Sort of, I don't see where he fits. What, what do you guys think?
0: Well, this goes to my point. I think he fits. I think he fits on the right wing personally. And th- like I said, this isn't where I want Tom Kenny to play. I think he's more effective as a number ten. But if we are to sort of believe that he's gonna try and recreate as best what he did at Leicester, then that's the only really natural fear because I can't exactly see Schürrle playing as a sort of wide playmaker. Um I can't see Vietto doing that role as well. I can't see Cessnon doing that either. I can see Cessignon maybe playing on the left on the left wing, but that right hand side, Riyad Murray's position, I think it's only suitable only for Tom Kearney.
1: Interesting and you know Don was just saying talking of comebacks for certain players and I mean there are certain players that I think that were that in the dark that are going to be shone a light on with Ranieri and you say we don't have any sort of players that are on the left side at the moment. I mean do you think anyone help me here that Cabano could make a comeback here or Ayite? Although I personally I think more Cabano's.
0: Um, I personally think Ayite would be the, would be the first man up. Personally, if you if you want if you want to go back to who's going to be the left ring, I, I I again personally think it will be I think it'll be Cessignon, but of the two, I think because yeah, I think it'd be more likely to be Aite because Cabano sort of flagged off uh, the past couple of hours, whereas Aite sort of been that touch further that uh, touch further ahead of him on the on the death chart. So if it's going to be one, I think it's going to be Aite per personally.
1: Okay, and uh, Mr. Dum. So Reese was saying that he thinks that you know Sarri could be our Kante. Where do you stand on that? Do you think do you think Sarri has the sort of the vision, the energy and obviously the passing range that Kante had for his time at Leicester?
2: I sort of see uh, Reese was kind of saying it's McDonald or Angesa. I'm not quite sure I see it like that. I think okay. we need we need a kind of um a clogger, if you like, which is a McDonald or perhaps even Chambers, uh, if he plays like he did against Liverpool. And I think alongside that player, there, there needs to be a runner, a hard worker. And I see more of that from Anguissa than I do from Seri. Uh, fair enough, seri has got a better passing range. But Anguissa, I think the, the problem he's had settling in is because I don't think he's used to the patient, probing, possession football that we play. Uh, Well, we did play under Slav. And I think under Anieri, where he's sort of being asked to run, to track back, to win the ball and, you know, maybe get rid of it or find a creative player. I think he could really excel there Uh, alongside someone like McDonald, who's much more um, sort of sits in the hole and just, you know, tries to get in the way, if you like. So I I think Anguissa might have a big role.
1: All right. And... I want to go on to Mitrovic now. Mitrovic recently, oh no, beg your pardon, Claudio Ranieri said um, in an interview this week, or the last week rather, that he wants to find a partner for Mitrovic. And I don't know within the existing squad or in the January transfer window, but what does that tell you? Does that tell you, Reese, that we probably are looking at a 4-4-2 by that statement that Ranieri said?
0: Yes, and whether or not he finds it immediately or if he's going to have to sort of make do with someone, um until hmm. until january comes along but it's something we discussed very very briefly last year if if he can develop his finishing i can see ryan Sessignon playing you know the the big man little man combination up with Mitrovic as much as it would normally right. having a three up front but i think there's potential for him to play to play as a striker he just needs to sort his finishing out
1: i i personally agree with you i think um Their relationship, that they their understanding with each other from last season, was immense, and I I believe that if you had Session up top with Mitrovic, with a you know a natural left winger and a natural right winger, it could potentially work. So, Mister Don, I'm going to ask you next. Uh, Claudio has said that performances don't matter; only results. He would rather the team play badly and win, than vice versa. What what are your thoughts on that? We're in a very different territory now with a different style. I mean, how how do you feel about it? Do you agree that performances don't matter only results?
2: <laughs> I think if you'd asked me that two months ago, I would have said, "Don't be silly, performances mm. matter. I want to be entertained um towards the end of Slav's time when we're seeing four, five, three, two goals go in every game, you know it's it, you kind of get bored of. You, you try and make a claim that at least we play entertaining football, but there was nothing entertaining about losing heavily every week. So I, I, I fundamentally disagree that it's all about the performances, but I can see a need for it now because otherwise, you know, we, we're, we're down and it will be a struggle for us to come back up. So I always think if performances are there, then results will follow. But performance doesn't necessarily have to mean pretty football if the team is playing as a unit, uh, they're defending properly, uh, they're, they're creating enough chances, then, then results should follow that as well. As long as there's a plan, that's, that's what I want to see, a plan.
1: Absolutely. And Mr. Rees, Claudio has said that, you know, he's said some funny things already. He said, you know, the Pirates comment, he's talked about, you know, McDonald's and things like that. And he's all very chirpy. He's bringing a very nice sort of very lighthearted quality to the to the media and obviously hopefully to the team at the moment in training but do you think i'd like to know about his personality and what you think do you think Claudio Ranieri is as cuddly as he seems or is there actually a very disciplined don't mess with me manager underneath all that
0: um i'll take your point about discipline because he's again one of his things the press conference said you know he's italian the first thing we need to you know the most important thing for us is a clean sheet. So I think there'll be there'll be there'll be a certain amount of discipline in there in terms of on the training ground, trying to drill things into place to in order to get them to defend better. But overall, there's two different kinds of managers. You know, Slavicek Kanovic doesn't exactly look like the kind of person that enjoys that enjoys a joke just because of his demeanour and the way he comes across. Whereas Claudio Ranieri clearly is a little bit more. Is a clearly a little bit more, I'd be a little bit more positive whether or not that's going to have an effect on the players. We hope that it will, but I just think it's going to be a bit of a huge shock to the system of everything because there's still going to be some levels of discipline left over from the, from the Akanovic days, but it's just going to be just a little bit more easier. Maybe that's just going to relax the players a bit more and, you know, they're not going to be so worried and so tense uh, on the pitch. Is going to be able to lo- uh, let them loosen up and play a bit more freely.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, Mr. Dumb, it was announced also that Claudio will have the same input on transfers as Slavica had. I mean, could this mean good January dealings? I mean, do you have any ideas of who do you think he might bring in? I mean, it can only be positive that, you know, someone of his pedigree winning the Premier League, for God's sake, that could be in control for a January transfer window in our situation.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's difficult to know who he might be, might be targeting, but I think the type of player we're going to be looking at, is uh, Ranieri-style centre-back. Uh, I know Chris Smalling's been linked, and mm. I, I would be okay with that because he's he's not the best footballer. That's why he doesn't fit into Gareth Southgate's uh, set-up. But he's a big bloke, and if there's anything we're lacking, it's a height at centre-back. Uh, I also think we, we'll be looking for another, uh, probably a right-winger. Um, as we said, he can see Tom Kenny playing there, but in the past I've, the, the making of Tom Kenny was him moving into the middle. And I don't think putting him back wide is going to be right for us. So, so I think um a right winger as well, I, who who that is, I don't exactly know, but um... if,
0: you think, if you think we're looking for height at centre back, does that mean we're going to get Dan Byrne back?
2: <laughs> He's already going to Brighton. He?
0: I was going to say, yeah. I wonder how his loan with oh, how his loan with Wigan works. Out. Um, in regards to sort of other January chance transfer, I don't, I don't want to talk, rather, you know, specifically about any certain players we want to talk about. But how we've said that uh, Ranier is going to be given money to spend. How much money is he going to be given to spend? Because we've already laid out 100 million, or well, maybe more, yeah. in the in, in the summer. How much do we have left? Unless this is purely you no know, pocket change from. Shahid Khan, 600 million left over from the Wembley non buy. Surely can't beat Man City levels of rich and be able to buy whoever we want.
2: Do, do we think maybe he's going to be looking to get rid of some of the bigger signings? Uh, I'm thinking here, Seri. He hasn't do you think he'd be this, able to get
0: away with that though? Do you think, I... because he'll he want to put his stamp on the side, sorry of cut, he'll want to put a stamp on the side, right, this is my side, but yeah. surely getting rid of Seri £15 million pounds after six months, surely there's some sort of limit.
2: Well, yeah, of course, That that's the only way I can really see us spending a lot more money or more money will be if we sell some of the players we've already got. Maybe maybe take Tom Kenny, if he doesn't fit, maybe there's a £20 million bid for him again, hanging around somewhere. Uh I certainly wouldn't see that as a big surprise, as much as I wouldn't I don't want it to happen. The fact is there's players in our squad who don't really fit the way he wants to play. Uh there's players who perhaps don't come under the umbrella of the hard workers like he said he's gonna play. So so maybe there's room room there. To, maybe Khan will say to him, If you want money to spend, you have to let us know who you don't want and we'll bring bring in replacements. But personally I can't see I don't see the point of making wholesale changes again, because then we're back to where we started at the beginning of the season, aren't we?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not going to be, and you you say wholesale changes, we're not going to be buying another six players, for instance, to go straight into the first team. You're probably looking at maybe one or two. We may need to sort of rejig loans around. You talked about uh, Chris Smalling. Maybe we just call Arsenal and say, right, let's cut the loan short and then get Chris Smalling in on loan, maybe sort of rejig uh things like that. Who else are our, our lone players? Shirler, I can't see going back to Dortmund.
2: There's um, a two year loan anyway, isn't he? Yeah, so
0: yeah, maybe. um so Sergio Rico looks as if he's gonna stay. So that loan stays as it is Vietto's the other but, one. Vieta, Vieta, that's a good shout. If we want to get if we want to get in a proper right winger, uh maybe get rid of him and get and find and find someone else. Uh I, I think personally, it's too early to be st- to be talking about specific targets because still only November. Of course, it's like like Christmas. It should wait until the first of December. Personally, just wait a while. No.
1: no, no, absolutely, absolutely. And the last the last question I'll ask to you both before we move on to the quiz is, um, you know, Shahid Khan described this appointment as risk free, and I'm going to just both ask you: Is this risk free? And uh, you know. How likely is it now that we could possibly stay up? I mean, we don't have a crystal ball here, Japs, but you know, Baldwin, I'll go to you. What what are your thoughts on our chances for survival now after all this?
0: I'd say our chances of survival have increased because we said you know Slavisa's style of play wasn't going to keep us up. He'd have to change it. Well, by default, we're now going to have a different style of play. So our chances of of survival have increased. Um, and when you say risk free, I think it's you know this isn't a We're not. This is a manager that we can trust. This isn't taking a flyer on when we did with Rene Mullenstein or when we did with Kit Simons, for instance. Kit Simons, I'll always get confused with that. We're not. This is a safe bet sort of thing. You know, horror of horrors. If we'd have appointed Sam Allardyce, that would have been risk free because we knew that we were getting someone who could do it. With Renier, we know we're getting someone who can do it. It's not a case of this guy may be able to do it. This guy, we think we can. So no, I don't think it's risk-free at all. Plus, the only, the only way is up, because we're at the bottom. So if he moves us to 19th, then it's an improvement.
1: Yeah, and, and Mr Don, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, you've already said that you think our chances have gone up. But I mean, can you be a bit more specific with that? I mean, Do you have uh, any idea of where, who else could get sucked in and where else we could possibly start strengthening with this new manager?
2: Well, I'd, I just kind of want to quickly mention, was, I seem to recall Felix Magat was seen as a oh no free yeah. <laughs> I don't think those words were used, but a manager who had never been relegated before, so that's the reason he was brought in. So, so the, the risk-free wording is a bit, a bit of a funny one. I mean, I think if we come 17th, then, then job done. Um, at the moment, even though our chances have been improved, I think everyone's going to be looking at us as the team most likely to go down. We, If we beat Southampton, we, we, we really need to beat Southampton. But them, Cardiff, Huddersfield are pretty much, I think I can see that as being the bottom four, to be honest. So I think we need to beat both of those other teams at home and beat Southampton because we need to keep those below us and as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll start talking about Saints very shortly. But we'll, for now, we'll do the quiz after this. Fulham. And welcome back to the Fulham Focus podcast. Now it is time for quizness time. And it was obviously Matt Baldwin and Matt are going head to head. They can reach a point total of 17 points each. But if you're playing at home, you can reach a point total of 26 points. Excellent. So round one, Southampton versus Fulham. All right, so this question goes out to both of you. Question one. After scoring the opening goal against Southampton on Boxing Day 2012, Berbatov celebrated by revealing a message on his vest that said, keep calm and pass me the ball. But what was the final score that day? And the clue is, it wasn't nil-nil. So, Mr. Reese, I'll go to you first. What is your prediction of the score that day, sir?
0: Was it... 2-1 2
1: 1 to Southampton. Then 2 1 to Southampton. And Mr. Dum.
2: Uh, that's tough. I, I want to go 2 1 to Fulham.
1: Oh, okay. 2 1 to Fulham. I'm going to level you both out. The correct answer is 1 all. It was <laughs> 1 all. Ricky Lambert scored a late oh, equaliser the last minute. So it was 1 all. No points for Ibu there. Sorry, jabs. All right. Question two. Who has scored more goals for their club so far? Is it Charlie Austin or Alexander Mitrovic? And I'll go to you, Mr. Reece. Uh
0: Their club, uh, that's in the whole tenure at the club, not just this season.
1: Yes, the whole tenure at the club. So their entire time at Southampton, their entire time at Fulham.
0: I'm going to go... Oh, Mitrovic. Go to Mitrovic.
1: OK, you're going for Mitrovic. And for you, Mr. Dom?
2: Say. So... Mitrovic will be 16, right? Uh, Austin, oh, he's been there quite a bit. I'm going in with Charlie Austin. You are correct. The, the answer is
1: Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin has scored 18 goals for the Saints, and Alexander Mitrovic, according to this, has scored 17 goals now for us. So 18 oh. 17. It's that close, unfortunately. Sorry, Mr. Reese. So that is a point for Dom and a nil to the Baldwin. Now, question three. The transfer price is right. How much did Fulham pay Southampton for Chris Baird in 2008? That's how much did Fulham pay for Pay Southampton for Chris Baird in 2008. Your guess, Mr. Reese.
0: One point seven million.
1: <laughs> I just think of Doctor Evil when you, when you just said that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Sorry, that was brilliant. Uh, and the, okay, one point. What did you say?
0: 1.7 million
2: okay 1.7 million and and for you mr Don, what is your guess uh two uh two million dollars two million dollars
0: i think i'm vastly undervalued him because didn't you win championship player of the year the year before i think i've vastly got this wrong
1: well, the correct answer is £3.25 million. So, Dom, you were the closest one with £2 million, So you'll get a point there, my friend. So that is Bloody hell, two I is but...
0: it. <laughs>
1: all right, that's the end of that round. The next round is called The Lefties. And now you all have a set of questions here. So I will go to you, Mr. Reese, to give you the advantage because you're, you're losing. Which set of questions would you like? Would you like set one or set two?
0: Set number two, please.
1: Okay, set two. Question one. Who is Mummy Boy's sibling?
0: Bjorn Helger
1: That is absolutely correct. It is Bjorn Helger Riesa. In 2001, Fulham were very close to signing left-back John Arna but his agent, who also happened to be his mum, advised that Liverpool would be a better move for his career. Cue the chart of Mummy's Boy whenever he played against him. Unfortunately, his mum didn't stick her nose in the second time around and we did eventually sign him in 2011 when he was slow, old and bloody awful. So there you go. Well done, mate. You've got a point for that. So, second question for you, Mr. Reese, in this round. Old MacDonald used his bum to score the opening goal in a 2-0 win the last time we played Leeds United at the cottage in April 2018. But my question is, which cheat did he score with? Can you crack the answer?
0: <laughs> Bloody hell, he wrote this. <laughs> oh, Anybody.: boy, uh, I, 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 must. Uh, you expected me to have spent time analysing Kevin McDonald's backside? Which it's just, just a guess. I'll take the to the right, the right cheek. Fuck's
1: sake. Right cheek. The right cheek. That is absolutely correct. It was the right cheek. Congratulations. Congratulations, mate. It was the right cheek. Okay, now, question three for you, Mr. Reed. During the post-match celebrations at Wembley in May, Marcus Bettinelli was filmed running behind the goal holding a flare. Which hand did he throw the flare up with? Which hand was he holding the flare, basically? Uh,
0: he, uh, I think he ran with his right. I'm gonna, he threw it with his right. He's right-handed, so I'm guessing that. I'm going with the
1: right. It is, it is absolutely correct. It was his right hand. So you've got three out of three so far. Very good, mate. Very good indeed. Question four, final question for you in this round for set two. Which of these lefties scored the most goals for Fulham? Was it A. Sonny Aluko. B. Facundo Sava, or C. Alexander Kakeniclich?
0: Who was the middle one? So it was Sava. I Sava, yeah. Sava Kacaniklic, who's the oh Luko. Uh, I'm going to go for Kundu Sava.
1: Kundu Sava. For Kundu Sava scored seven goals, and unfortunately, that is not the right answer because Alexander Kacaniklic scored eleven goals. So unfortunately, you did not get four out of four. I not remember any of them.
0: How the hell well, did he get eleven? He barely played.
1: I don't know. It's just in front of me. I think this is the right. Yeah. No, it says 11. It must be 11. It is 11. So, never mind. Unfortunately, you're still doing well, mate. You're still doing well. Now, going to set one questions for Mr. Dom. So, here we go. Can
2: I have set two?
1: It's too late, mate. <laughs> uh, <what? laughs> All right. Set one. Question one. True or false, Mr. Dom? Tom Kearney has scored 27 goals for Fulham but none of them have been with his right foot. Is that true or false?
2: I can't remember any, but surely Uh, false.
1: It is indeed false, yes. He scored one with his right foot in the penalty area at the Putney end. That's exactly it. And the other 26 goals were five headers all inside the penalty area, 20 with his left foot, 8 from outside the penalty area, 10 from inside the penalty area, and only 1 in the 6-yard box. Legend. All right, very good. And question 2. The Michael Jackson statue has his famous one glove on one hand and a microphone in the other. What's on the left hand? Glove or mic? Oh,
2: man, what a question. (laughs) Uh, uh, um... Gar. Uh, Glove
1: left. Unfortunately, the mic is in his left hand. I'm sorry, mate. I'm really sorry. Okay, question three. True or false again? Zoltan Gira scored the famous Hamburg semi final winning goal with his left foot. Is that true or false?
2: Um, so he flicked it around. I think it was all right fitted. So false. The answer is true. He controlled
1: it with his right foot on the turn and finished it with his left. I'm sorry, mate. All it's right, last question. scored
0: with his left as well. If I'm thinking- Say right that again. again. I think Simon Davis scored with his left as well.
2: Yeah, he definitely did, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh. Sorry, a fun bonus, pa- bonus fact there for
2: anyone who- No, no, out. I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, it's no good if I did <laughs> it right there, is it?
1: Yeah, sorry, mate, it just dampened <laughs> it. All right, so question four, last one, mate. All right, here we go. Which of these former Fulham lefties played the most games for the club? Which of these former Fulham lefties played the most games for the club? Was it A. Matty Target, B. Pierre Wome, C. Nicholas Jensen, or D. Ben Ben Pringle? Oh, that's
2: tough. Mm. They're all very um, close as well. Um, not Pringle, not Wome. Who are the other two? Matty Target. Or yeah. Nicholas Jensen. Oh, maybe it is one of the other team. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jensen.
1: The correct answer, unfortunately, is Matt Target. I'm sorry, mate. Really? Unlucky. Wow. Yeah, Matt Target had 21 appearances. Wom had 19 appearances, Jensen had 18 appearances, and Ben Pringle also had 18 appearances, so it was very, very close. Alright, that's it for that round. So so far, guys, it's three all. It's bloody close. Alright, three all. OK, round three. Back and forth. You both have five guesses each, so here we go. They ain't no Saints. Name the last 10 players to be sent off for Fulham. They ain't no Saints. Name the last 10 players to be sent off for Fulham. And I'll go to you first, Mr. Reese. and I'll give you about 10 seconds. Fast 10 seconds to get one. So it's all back in
0: and forth. The, adore in the playoff final.
1: Adore in the playoff final. That is absolutely correct. And you, Mr. Dom? Uh, McDonald the other day. Exactly, McDonald the other day. Mr. Reese, back to you.
0: Uh, what am I getting for you? Johansson would have got it read at some stage.
1: That is incorrect, unfortunately. Johansson is not on the list. Now back to
2: you, Mr. Dom. It's hard to know how far back to go. Um, Amora Bieta. Amora Bieta? Call
1: Amora Bieta. That is correct. He got sent off in the 94th minute against Leeds with a one-all draw in February 2016. He got two bookings, and the second booking was in the 94th minute. So, well done to you, sir. That's two points. Rhys, back to you.
0: If we're going that far back, Bettinelli against Watford.
1: Bettinelli against Watford.
2: He's not on the list. Oh, Oh, that's good. He was my next one. Back to you, Mr. Dom. Um... I'm going to go with Ryan Tunnicliffe because surely.
0: (laughs) No better reason.
2: Well, surely not. He's not on the list. Oh, no. All
0: right.
1: So that is. Now to you, Mr. Reese.
0: Oh, why do I get the finger on the wingers? Um, Floyd Ayite.
1: Floyd Ayite, Floyd Ayite, Floyd Ayite. Floyd Ayite is not on the list. I'm sorry now okay
2: for you Mr Dom fourth guess Uh, oh man it's hard isn't it um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Fredericks Fredericks is on I the list got one as well oh okay you got a
1: straight red in the 68th minute for a dangerous tackle against Birmingham when we lost 1-0 to them in February 2017 February 2017 my gosh okay and you Mr Baldwin final guess mate uh,
0: Ross McCormack
1: Ross McCormack is not on the list I am very sorry sir I am sorry One point for you I'll have that round And last guess for you Mr Dom Uh, I think uh, AK AK Calling AK AK is on the list He was the third last player To be sent off He got a straight red For retaliating In the 63rd minute Against Bristol Where we lost 2-0 In October 2017 So there you have it So out of that round, Mr. Dom gets four out of five, and Mr. Reese gets only one out of five. If you want to know, actually, the other players that got sent off, the last ten players were Thomas Callas in August 2017 in a 1-1 draw versus Reading. Chris Martin. Chris Martin against Norwich, where we beat them 3-1 April 2017. Yep, the straight Red in the elbow." And Michael Maddle in the 44th minute in September 2016 against Birmingham City, where we lost. And Richard Stearman in February 2016, where we lost against Middlesbrough in the 86th minute. You got a straight red. And this is... Uh, I, I missed this guy. I don't know why. James Husband, uh, where we lost God. 2-5 to Birmingham in November 2015. It was Kit Simon's last game in charge. Awesome. Oh, the glory days. The glory days. All right, that's excellent.
0: Oh, oh how did geez. I miss the Callas one? Five,
1: six, seven, yeah.
0: I've been making jokes at Reading fans for that for years. Yeah. How they played 100 minutes against 10 men and could only get a one-all draw. <laughs> oh. All right,
1: we're on to the final round. The current score is Dom is on seven and Mr. Reese is on four. Now, it's your favourite round, Reese. It's guess the player. So I'm going to name facts about this player. Ten facts, in fact. And... If you get from fact one to three, the first fact to the third fact, you get four points. So, Reese, you need to...
0: I've got to nail this. You
1: need to bet big, mate. You need to bet big. And so on and so forth with the other scores. I'll let you know. All right. So, I'm going to list out these facts very slowly. And you guys just jump in when you feel like it. At your own peril. All right. Fact number one. This player is six foot tall. He is currently 39 years old and retired from football.
0: Buzz
1: Gabo Kirai. Say that again.
0: 39.
1: I'm gonna freeze you out there, mate, and I'll let you know in a minute. Okay, so you're at going to 56. For... It was
0: the only <laughs> old player I could think
1: of. Oh, uh, you're frozen there at number two, so you could get four points there, mate, if it's correct. Okay. Um Mr. Dumb, I'm gonna keep listing them until you think you know. He scored eight goals in 136 appearances.
0: Well it's not Kirai. It's...
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was <laughs> He was with Fulham from January 2004 to June 2008. He signed for Fulham on a free from a different continent. He has 110 caps for his country. He has won the MLS Defender of the Year twice. Uh, he is currently Technical Director and Vice President of the MLS with Atlanta United in Georgia.
2: I think I got it. Go on. So stop there, just, just for fun.
1: Stopping at eight, go on. Uh Bocanegra. That's exactly right, mate. Well done. Well done. Bocanegra indeed. Carlos Bocanegra. You've got the eight fat there, so you get an extra two points there. So it is nine four. That is the final score. Well done, Matt. Well done. Sorry about that, Mr. Reese.
0: Uh I gambled and lost. When you gambled or was...
1: lost, but never mind, never mind. I was and...
0: your heart the other week and I'm happy with that.
1: Exactly. And also the final two facts were he is a left-footed centre-back or left-back and the 10th final fact was he was born in California, USA. Excellent. Well done, mate. And Mr. Dunn, well done. So for your prize, we are giving you a very nice Craig Klein sumo suit, which you can wear at work tomorrow morning. How do you feel about that, sir? Uh,
2: has it been washed? No. Um delighted.
1: Yeah, well, of course you should be. You bloody should be. And I really, really think we all could learn a lot from that way of working. Alright, and after this we're going to have a little bit of a Saints preview. Fulham. And welcome back. So, we're going to preview Saints now, which is the game on Saturday at 3pm. Now, the return of Mark Hughes. Now, I'm, I'm just going to give a bit of trivia here about Mark Hughes. I don't want to be, I don't want to be too nasty, which I'm not going to be. But Mark Hughes is a sort of tricky subject for a lot of Fulham fans, especially after a certain comment that he's renowned for with his lack of ambition that we have. And I'd just like to pick out some facts for you, pointed out by Danny Boy here. So since he said we lack ambition for him in his statement, I'd just like to point out seven and a half years on, he hasn't finished higher the table than eighth when he managed us. He hasn't won anything. He was sacked by QPR after picking up four points from 12 games. QPR were relegated. He had five years with Stoke when the highest finish was ninth, and he was eventually sacked weeks before Stoke were also relegated. He's now at Southampton, and not in that much of a better position than us as we build to a massive relegation clash at the cottage on Saturday. Likelihood being, Fulham win will probably get him the sack, and I can imagine a lot of people hoping for that. So. There's your ambition, mate. There's your ambition. So, let's go to you, Mr. Reese. What are you thinking about this game on Saturday? What do you think? Let's finally talk about the lineup and what we think we could actually see on the pitch.
0: I don't know if I should dignify that with a response. I hold Mark Hughes in very high regard. He was the man who made me fall in love with Welsh football after he beat Italy in 2002. Um, So I I very much distance myself from those remarks about Mark Hughes and any comments that he made about, I still maintain he was right. Other than that, moving on to Southampton preview, I think you made the point, I think this is going to be a very cagey game because they are going to know. And Mark Hughes is going to know that if he loses, that he is going to get the sack. Mm. So I can see them being very cautious and maybe playing for a draw, which will sort of buy him buy him some time, because he'll be able to use the line of oh, it's a new manager bounce. Um, these guys are a good side; they just need the thing. And I only managed, and I you know managed to keep them to a draw. I'm obviously doing something right. So I think they're going to play for a draw. So it's going to be up to us to sort of. Um, bring out uh, more of an attacking emphasis, which mm. if you've heard the, what Claudio Ranieri is going to do and sort of um, focus on the defense a bit, that's not really going to work out. So it's going to be a cagey game. It's not going to be a very high scoring one. but And the, whoever does get the first goal is going to be crucial because if they get the first goal, our heads are going to drop because it's going to be a case of, right, we still haven't worked out this defense you know whatever like whatever lineup we go for and if then and then if we get the first goal then the whole college is going to be bouncing because now oh finally we might have worked this whole thing out so the first goal on saturday is going to be very very crucial
1: all right excellent and dom another six pointer is this the fourth time lucky do
2: you think i mean they're in poor form how do we fare against them do you think uh, well, I just want to say I very much stand by your comments uh, about Mark Hughes from earlier. Thank you. Uh, it's just a shame he didn't manage to get two teams relegated in one season because um, Southampton survived. So yeah. that's the only, the only downside to that. Um, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I was just basically just asking, you know, another six pointer
1: that we've got, and hopefully yep. it's the fourth time lucky. I mean, do you agree that the first goal is going to decide this,
2: or is there more to it that meets the eye? It's tricky because our target has to be don't concede if we don't i i can't see them keeping us out because then they're equally not as good at, as good at the back um they're they're quite quite porous like we are so i i think we'll score i think we'll concede as well but maybe only one this time <laughs> it's it's tough it's tough because we we don't really know what to expect we don't know how uh is going to see this this team we, we don't know how he's going to line us up and as you say, it's it's a crunch game for for Mark Hughes, and you have to think if they lose that he'll be gone. So let's make it happen. Desperate, desperate to make that happen. And oh, I, I don't, I don't really know what to say. I, I just think we need to squeak out a win any way we can.
0: Oh, so you're saying the results? Um, the the result is the only thing that matters. It's not the performance. Is that what you're trying to uh, incline there, Mister Dodd?
2: <laughs> if you heard me earlier, you might have heard me say. Um, at this moment in time, we just need to pick up points. I, uh, could, I'm just making I sure still believe, I believe that performance come before points, if that's what you're asking me. Uh, I think <laughs> you, you, you can get lucky wins, but if you're performing well consistently, then you'll pick up more points than if you're getting lucky. So so no, not entirely. But um, at this point in time, we've got five points at the bottom of the league. We We just need a result out of anywhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I've noticed, you know, Mitrovic is still scoring goals, guys, for Serbia. And I'd be very interested to know the sort of form... Because Serbia don't play the sort of way that Slav did, and yet Mitrov scores bags of goals for them. I mean, there could be a good sign of life for Mitro under Ranieri. I mean, he just needs a big old cuddle, doesn't he? He just needs a bit of positivity. He doesn't necessarily need a Serbian counterpart, does he?
0: Um, No, I think there was a lot sort of made over this whole when, you know, if... You know if and when we lost Slab, that everyone's saying, Oh, that'd be Mitrovic gone at the same time. Mm. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But if I'm being brutally honest, as much as I love Alexander Mitrovic, if we have to sort of, you know, we talked about players that could come and go in January. If we have to sacrifice uh, Alexander, don't Mitrovic, say it. If we, have, if we <laughs> have to sell him and we get in a, a center forward or someone that's more likely to be more likely to Ranieri's taste and we stay up. Then it's a sacrifice we have to be willing to make. So it's, it doesn't all revolve around Alexander Mitrovic. We need to find something that works for the team here. And if we have to sacrifice Mitrovic, then so be it.
2: Sorry, can I just add something, please? Is that how you see uh, Ross McCormack, Mister Baldwin?
0: Uh yeah. Well, Ross McCormack was a very fine striker. He was just let down by a very poor defence. If we have Gee sorted hot. out the defence, if we'd have, if we'd have brought in. Kalas and Reem a year earlier, when we had uh, McCormack and Dembele up front, we'd have made the playoffs. We just didn't yeah. have a very good defense that year, and I stand by that.
2: So why can't we bring in some defenders then and keep Mitrovic?
0: Again, I'm, again, I'm saying I'd love to keep. I'd love to keep Mitrovic. I'm just saying that if we have to, I'm not exact, I'm not totally against the idea. We want to stay up, and that'd be there by any means necessary. If we yeah. some... I'd sell Betanelli down the river, as much as I love him. I'd sell Bettinelli if it got us some fun so we can get a decent ride back.
2: Our second or third right. best keeper? Say that again? You, you'd be <laughs> happy to sell our second or third best keeper?
0: Yes, absolutely. I'd sell the whole lot. <laughs> I'd I just want to stay up. Yeah. Mean, that's, I... a tad far, that's a tad far, that's, you know, I take that back. But you get my point. <laughs> on on Mitrovic
2: we're not going to get a better striker than that as a bottom of the league team so i I disagree entirely that we need to get rid of him to 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 improve the team as a unit because we just need to play to his strengths which is give him the ball yeah in the box and he'll score i mean let's 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 talk about mitch for one final thing this is not
1: actually just for saints this is for future games Mitrovic is one yellow card away from being banned a game. Now, Reese, what would you say to Mitrovic here? I mean, I mean, Bob, you can't say, you know, don't get a yellow card because that's obvious. That goes without saying. But if there was a game where Mitrovic had to get a yellow card, which game would you think is probably the best?
0: I personally, I'd go, um, I'd say he needs to get a yellow card this game because we've got Chelsea coming up next on, I think it's. I think we're playing on Sunday. So I'd say, in that kind of game where we're playing counter-attack and we'll need pace up front, I'd say wipe the slate clean after after the, uh, you know, come back with a blank slate after the Chelsea game. So we can get uh, Sherla up front playing a false nine or whatever. Uh, you just, or, you know, leading the line somewhat or Vietto or anyone else, even Kamara to an extent, because he's got some pace. So I think if you want to, know start afresh, take a yellow, just give him a little kick somewhere, even if you have to kick Mark Hughes, which will send the whole cottage delightful. Um just give him a kick, just get a yellow card, sit out the Chelsea game, then come back fresh for it's Leicester City after yes. that. And that's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be a very interesting game. I don't want to look too far ahead. But that's the way I would sort of go about I, that's the way I'd sort of go about it.
1: No, I think I completely agree with you. Matt, do you see any players that would be Make our raise our eyebrows a bit for the lineup on Saturday. Do you think, for instance, we might see doy at right back instead of centre back, or just not at all? Do you think there might be some surprises in store for us?
2: Yeah, possibly. I I would be surprised if Ranieri saw Dennis Adoy as a centre back. It, it's the kind of it's the height issue, isn't it? Uh, not being uh, heightist against anyone, but he is a centre back, yeah. and he's got a leap on him, but he doesn't really fit. Claudio Ranieri's preferred style of centre-back. I wouldn't be surprised not to see Adore in the team. And I, I also wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more of Steph Johansson, just simply based on Ranieri's comments where he says he's, he's going to pick the battlers, he's going to you know, pick the players who are going to run for 90 plus minutes. And that is yeah his pirates, exactly. And mm-hmm. that that's Johansson, isn't it? If you ever is a swashbuckling type midfielder, Steph Johansson's your man. Uh, and he could be a big player for for Claudia,
1: yes, pirates of the shithouse, exactly. What do you think, Miss Boyd? Do you think we're going to see a lot more of, of Johansson now?
0: I think there's a place for him, similar to how we used Carraguna sparingly during his later <laughs> because he had no legs. But <laughs> I can absolutely see him getting that role. Is um, once we've got the results that we so desired, be it a draw, you know, away at a big club somewhere, or if we're one nil or uh, two one up, a uh, home, uh, trying to protect uh, to protect the lead. I can absolutely see uh, Stephanie Hansen being brought on at the sort of seventy five minute mark, just running around and kicking people, trying to be tactical fouling, so to speak. Um, mm. Absolutely to to sort of slow to sort of slow the game down and you know wind and wind the game down. Absolutely, yeah. I don't I don't see him as a starter, but absolutely as an off the bench option.
1: All right, excellent. And my final question about the Saints preview, actually, is just to, I'll go to you with this, Mr. Dom, is that uh, apparently Mr. Bertrand is not available. Do you think we might see the ghost of promotions past with uh, her target coming back to haunt us a bit this Saturday?
2: Oh, I hope not. Mm. Uh, he who, who, uh, it's, it's difficult because we don't know really who um, Cloudy is going to pick on the right. If it's someone who gets up the pitch, gets in behind, then he might cause target problems because I think his Matt Target's weakness was defending behind him. He he wasn't that happy with either angled balls coming across him or the passing behind. That that was that was sort of the weakness to his game. He he was very good going forward. So if Claudio picks someone who's who's got pace on the right and can get in behind, then then you know he's not he's hardly unstoppable. Um, mm. Nor is Ryan Bertrand, really. I, I don't think he's you know, pulling up any trees there anymore. Um, I think they they were possibly looking to get rid of him over the summer and they didn't. That's right, but, yeah. Um But, you know, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about Matt Target coming back. He'll get a good reception, but he's not a world-class class player by any... any uh, I'll start that again. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a world-class player in anyone's kind of imagination yet, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, fair enough. And um, so, Mister Reese, um, let's get a score prediction for me, mate.
1: Are we smelling a clean sheet? Is it happy meals, ahoy? What do you think?
0: Um, no, I, I can't, I can't see a clean sheet because I think there's still a lot, a lot of work that uh, needs to be done. I don't think it'll be qu- completed quite yet. Sure. Um, I go back to what I said about the first goal being crucial. I can see us. Uh, with the new manager bounce, I think he'll be a 2-1 victory to us. We'll go 2-0 ahead and then on the 80th minute or something, uh, Charlie Austin's going to get ahead and then it's going to be a nervy last 10 minutes. or thing. I'm going for a 2-1 Fulham win.
1: Love it. I'll take that any day. I'll bite your hand off for that right now. And for you, Mr. Dom, what was your score prediction for this one, mate?
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with 2-1. Uh, I, think, I think we concede early. Everyone thinks, um, here we go again but um you know the pirates get rallied the cutlasses come out and uh <laughs> i've run out of puns but uh we we go on and win two <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent mate well played well played and finally guys any fantasy football tips that
1: you can think of at all? I'm going to go for Samir Nasri if he signs in time for West Ham because I feel he's going to just score against City this weekend. So I would I would go with Samir Nasri if he's on the system by that time. Anyone else, Mr. Baldwin? Do you have any fantasy prediction? Uh, do you have any fantasy tips, sir?
0: Yeah, I personally, I'm not going to go for a Welshman this side. I'm going to go for Gilfie Sigurdsson uh, for oh. Everton as they play Cardiff City. I could see them get uh, Cardiff committing a few thousand around the box. He'll get plenty of chances for free kicks and also will be a threat from uh, corners as well. Delivering them, so getting assist points.
2: All right, perfect. And for you, Mr Dom? Yeah, I'm going to go for a, an optimistic Fulham pick this week. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Andre Scherler simply because he's going to bag us the winner and um you know that's as, as far as much a fact as it can be without uh, <laughs> it actually ha- happened well we'll talk about that if it happens mate on the next part that would be wonderful <laughs> all right that's fantastic
1: mate all right okay <laughs> guys thank you so much all right so thank you to my co-hosts and for all of you listening at home if you got a nice 23 out of 23 points in the quiz please tweet us or do whatever and we'll shower you in praise online or any sort of social media. Rate us on iTunes, tell your mates about us and make sure you check out Danny Boy's audio interview with David Hamilton if you haven't done so already. You can download it from your podcast provider or just visit www.fullandfocus.com Next week's show shall be up on Tuesday where we shall see just how shivered our timbers were and of course a preview of our game against our friendly kind of, well, our friendly decent neighbours, Chelsea. God love them. All right. Thank you very much. So that is goodbye from me. That is goodbye from Mr. Reese. Good night. Take care. Uh-huh. And good night from Mr. Dom. Goodbye, sir. Bye, sir. Thank you all very much. See you soon. Pull